This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Welcome to Talk Money To Me. This is your need-to-know financial podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And in this episode, we're actually celebrating our one-year birthday. Woohoo! Happy birthday to us. All the little party poppers going off in the background that nobody can see. But that's right. If you've been following us and tuning into our weekly episodes, which drop every Friday, thank you so much for the support. We've had such a fun time creating this podcast. And we hope you've been enjoying our conversations as we talk about all things finance, wealth creation strategies and ideas, and of course, our favourite topic being investable ideas. That's right. So we actually thought, what a fantastic way to celebrate our one-year birthday anniversary on the show by actually bringing you a special Autopad episode to review the last 20 different stocks that Candice and I have pitched over the last year. That's right. So if you happen to be tuning in for the first time, Firstly, welcome. And this is our Autopad episode where Felicity and I pitch or give an idea or investable stock or company that we're liking at the moment. We're going to go over the reasons why we like the business, you know, positive outlook we're seeing for the company and the sector overall. So we kind of give a rundown in this special episode of what we've spoken about previously in other Autopad episodes. Exactly. So we're going to give you a rundown of the company's progress. Um, I mean, we are in reporting season at the moment, why we like the stock and whether we still want to hold or, you know, potentially top up or sell and a bit of the guidance that we've been seeing moving forward. Now, before we get into our special birthday episode, please remember, although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shrine Partners, and in particular, our disclaimer is really important for these episodes being our Autopad, because we do talk a lot about the financial markets, companies, investments and outlooks. So as always, our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice, nor is it a financial product. And you should always go out and seek your own professional financial advice before you make your investment or financial decisions. That's it. But it might not be for long, right? If the new changes to the financial advice sector actually come through at the end of the year, there's an interesting paper on that. So yeah. we shall see. We shall see. These proposals though, and they you know never never count on them until they actually go through, right? So we will see what happens there. But to kickstart off today's episode, let's firstly, Felicity, set the scene on the markets more generally, what's been going on, some quick stats for you. So year to date, NASDAQ index is down 24%. Ouch. Year to date, S&P 500 also down 15%. 
And then looking at the local market here in Australia, our ASX 300 index is down about 8.5%. Yeah, it really has been a tough 12 months in the markets. And what's interesting in terms of the stocks that we've actually added to our one-year order pad is that 35% of the holdings actually fall within the global market. 65% are Aussie-listed companies. We actually picked the most in the resource and material sector, about 30%, then followed by tech, we love tech, 25%, and financials and payments, which is about 20%. Then we do have retail, which is about 15% of the portfolio, as well as agriculture and media being 10%. So interesting in the breakdown of our order pad stocks, it doesn't actually surprise me that we are overweight resources, given our Australian market is dominated by the mining materials and resource sector. Very much so. And then the figure overall, I guess this is the drum roll moment, for the 20 stocks that we have picked um, to the order pad so far, we're tracking an average positive 2% overall. So great to see we're up ever so slightly. Beating the market. This bench- <laughs> we're beating the market, <laughs> <Yeah>. just. <laughs> the market has been a brutal bloodbath for uh, different sectors, obviously for what we've spoken about lots on the show. You know, biggest contributors is actually up th- nearly 350% so far. And the lagger stock within our order pad is down almost 67 Interestingly, both in the same industry, hint, hint, the one we're overweight, but we're not going to give away exactly why those companies are performing the way they are. You have to just stay tuned. That's it. So stay tuned. Now, in this episode, because it's going to be quite long, we're actually going to break it down into 10 stocks now and 10 stocks next week. So you're going to have to tune back next week. Let's get into it, Candice. So Dusk was actually the first stock that you pitched on the order pad. So how is that going and what's the update? Yes. So being a bear market currently, the reality is that my first pick that we did on our first order pad dusk is actually down tracking at the moment 32%. And so what we can talk about now, right, is what we've seen in the reporting season so far. It's actually been not all bad news. So there have been some positive results in particularly from JB Hi-Fi. Um, I'm just going to point out that one. And the the themes, and I think also Dusk is going to fall in this category, is that the themes that certain retailers are actually holding up their net cash position They've optimised the inventory levels and are most, mostly broadly preparing for their biggest season, which is the Christmas sales from, you know, Black Friday sales onwards in November. And they've successfully navigated the currency impacts and supply chain issues that we've been talking a lot about. So there's certain pockets in retail that are holding up their margins without necessarily, you know, having to um, discount aggressively, right? And Dusk doesn't really do that. I remember saying that in the reasons why I did pitch Dusk in the order pad all that um, 12 months ago, basically. And pleasingly, they're expanding their physical networks and footprint to additional locations, so rolling out new stores. I think looking forward for Dusk in FY23 and beyond, I still like the business, but I want to see the margins continue to hold up. I want to see their new stores rolling out. COVID imposed restrictions to supply chain issues to, to lessen. So here at Shoring Partners, we still like the business and we still cover the stock with a buy rating at $3 price target. Consensus pretty much around that at $2.90. Uh, and if you reflect back on my original Dusk order pad, a year ago, it was trading around the $3.20 levels when I picked it. So we're down. Um, but the price target was $3.82 back then. 
Interesting. So, I mean, is this a buy more, hold, sell? What are you thinking? This for me is a hold for now. I want to see the actual, I guess, rest of reporting season play out. And then more recently, you know, I think the market's reacting in the very short term in the next week or so to to the rate rise. So I think we could have potentially prices come off and then it's a top up for me. And I think it's important to note that Dusk does pay a dividend, right? So you can hold and still get somewhat of a return on your investment. Now, my first Autopad was actually Nitro. The code is NTO on the ASX. Now, this has been, I guess, in a tricky sector, right? So, all of the e signing was really accelerated during the COVID lockdowns because it was the easiest way to do business. Now, Nitro have released its first half 22 results. There were few surprises because most of their top line metrics and FY22 guidance had actually been pre announced. So, that's pretty good. I mean, key positives were reiterating the ARR guidance, which highlights trends performance has been in line with expectations since the July update. The first half costs were slightly lower than we actually forecasted and we expect headcount has now largely peaked, which should actually see cost growth reduced in FY23. So that's positive. Now post the update, we actually have ticked up our FY22 ARR forecast, but retain towards the lower end of guidance. Some of the highlights for me is revenue actually grew 32.7 million, so 36% year on year. 22% was that was, was actually organic, which is really good to see. Now, ARR of 51.5 million, which was great, 52% year on year. Now, operating EBITDA was negative 6.3 million, which was actually better than our forecast of negative 7.3 million. So for Nitro, we're actually maintaining a hold and a price target of $2. Now, the reason that it's a hold, actually for me, it's probably a top up, right? If your cost base is higher, which it would have been because it's down 66% from when I pitched it, but it's actually trading on an FY22 EV revenue multiple of only 2.6 times, which is really low compared to US peers such as DocuSign, which is 4.9 times, and Adobe, which is 10.2 times. So our price target implies a multiple of 4.8 times. So for me, top it up if you can, otherwise just hold on. Hold on for the ride. That's it. So, Candice, next up, you actually pitched our first international stock, which is SIVB Financial Group. So, what's the latest with the US bank? Right. So, being in the, I guess, the bank heart of the tech and innovation economy, it's really proving to be a double-edged sword at the moment, at least in the short term with everything that's going on in the markets. So, you know, the pro-pandemic growth they experienced was you know, rapid, like a lot of these businesses. So the remainder of the year going forward in terms of their loan growth book is probably getting flagged as a bit more flattish and deposits will shrink. In fact, that's what the company did exactly say. So as a response to this, we've seen analysts um, who cover this stock reset their full 2022 guidance um, to be lower, generally in line with the bank's detailed guidance. So in a nutshell, it yes, it has. This has been another stock that has really fallen quite a lot. Um, it's down thirty four percent since I pitched it last year in the order pad. Um, it has. Look, I'm still keen on it in terms of the long term growth because it's a bit of a no brainer in my opinion that this bank is in a unique position that it lends to the innovative tech and healthcare sectors, which I just see as not going away, right? No, exactly. So what is, I mean, the consensus 12-month price target now? Yep. So we leverage off UBS for this research and their price target is $430 per share. That's down. So the downgrade 
they previously were with 625. Consensus is actually more um, bullish than UBS at sitting at $514 price target. And just reflecting back, you know, the downgrades, it makes sense because when I was pitching it, it was trading around the 670 levels, but the price target was a lot higher, you know, 700 plus. So similar comments overall to Dusk, the first business, is that I really still like the business and I want to hold these two long term. My definition for long term is at least seven years. And I'm seeing potentially this vol that we're seeing at the moment. These are top up opportunities for me. That's it. Dollar cost average is your best friend in times like this. 100%. So yeah, still liking the business, but in a totally different direction to the financial sector. In the same Autopad episode, you added Tesserant to the Autopad. That's it. So tell us the update there. So Tesserant is a technology cybersecurity play. Again, this is down 50%, so it does hurt temporarily. Uh, the code is TNT on the ASX. We have only downs at the moment. <laughs> I know, but it won't be for long. We've got some good ones coming here. And remember, we're 2% up overall. Yeah, overall. Uh, so, that, guys. <laughs> so TNT released its fourth quarter 22, and then we view this update as very good, right? They've got continued strong organic growth, solid operating cash flows and execution against long flagged earnings seasonality. I just don't think a lot of people have heard about this company or really know what they do. All right, well, let's change that. So run us through a few of your highlights that you've noticed in their recent reports. All right, so the main highlights were FY22 operating EBITDA of 16.3 million actually represents year-on-year growth of 115%, right, which is fantastic. And that was actually in line with our forecast of 16.6. Now, the operating cash flow of 14.8 million was ahead of our forecast of 13 million. So that's always a good sign. Like I said, organic growth and margins remain strong. The headcount is rising. So the business is actually well-placed for future growth. Again, tick, that's something positive. And they're actually cleaning up the balance sheet. So who doesn't like that? Refinancing a few loans to get a cheaper interest. Yeah, de-risk in this market, right? Exactly. So TNT's really had a bit of a strategic shift over the last three years and transformed the company. So the financial upside is clearly coming through and it's not really priced into the market at all. Now, management have actually indicated a number of previous acquisitions are performing really well relative to initial expectations. And we actually believe that TNT offers investors exposure to the growing cybersecurity thematic at an attractive price. So again, it's 34 to 52% discount to its peers, right? Who doesn't love a discount? So with this stock, we obviously pitched it at around 22 cents. It's around 10 cents at the moment. We maintain our buy rating. Again, this is something that you want to top up if you want exposure to the cybersecurity thematic in a small cap. Yeah, still liking the sector, still liking the theme overall for long term, right? That's it. Now, what about your third pick? Okay, now we're in the positive territory. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> so, next for me in the um, episode we dropped in October 2021, I picked BHP on the premises really of it was it was looking great value at the time they obviously have exited pretty much out of more quote-unquote traditional fossil fuels and looking for more futuristic um, alternative resource and commodities so liking that ESG play and as a reminder when I did talk about BHP back then it was trading around the $38 mark and the company hadn't yet announced their plans to demerge their oil asset and sell it to Woodside so that played out really nicely for both companies if you look back at the share price prices since then. Yeah, it really has. So what else has happened for BHP in the last couple of months since you pitched it? So really, if you look at the business, it's accelerating 
quickly out of FY22 into FY25 to 27. So growth, growth, growth and good positive outlook, I think, for for BHP um, in the near to medium term. Industry-wide, they have, you know, got a few things like low-hanging near-term copper issues and iron ore. However, if you kind of look back at the headlines, you know, just the stories of BHP, the Woodside transaction has really opened up a bit of a theme here, in my opinion, because more recently in this month of August, in reporting season, um, Oz Mineral received an unsolicited conditional non-binding proposal, long-winded answer of BHP saying, hey guys, I'm really interested in Oz Mineral and we want to buy all of your shares and they put an offer out there on the radar for $25. So the boards are still deliberating at the moment, but we actually had Peter O'Connor uh, nickname Rocky because he covers the resource sector here at Shoreham Partners. He popped on our show a little while back, and he still think that there's a lot of, you know, room for BHP to grow in the long term. Really likes the business still, um, and he is indicating that he thinks BHP will probably end up buying the shares, but maybe for a higher price, you know, but not not a whole lot because there are a few skeletons to Oz Minerals past. So we shall wait and see. And then just quickly to keep it brief, uh, I guess update on valuation. Shoreham Partners still likes the business um, price target of $46.43. Consensus sitting around $42, last traded price around that. So in summary, we're up about 9%. Not bad. That's pretty good. All right. So we have my third pick, which is also a winner. So I hope everyone bought this one. So my third pick was Silex. Now the code is SLX on the ASX. If you don't have it, you should watch it and put it in your watch list now. I pitched it a dollar thirty nine. It's now three dollars fifty. So essentially, it is up a whopping one hundred and fifty one percent, which is fantastic. They actually reported on the twenty fifth of August, and it was actually up eleven percent on this report compared to the ASX two hundred that day, which is quite nice to see at the moment. Having those double digit up days. Now, if you don't know what Silex is, essentially they offered um, investors potential exposure to several different growth markets. So the one that really catches my eye is uranium and nuclear fuel. Obviously, that fuels a carbon-free electricity generation for the world's clean energy needs. So that's a tick, right? They've also got the potential production of zero-spin silicon, which enables materials for silicon quantum computing, right? Now, quantum computing is a strategic technology which may be used in industries like AI, medicine, cybersecurity, and medical isotopes. Actually, the new medical radioisotope being trialed is being trialed in the treatment of several different cancers. So I think that's also really amazing to hear. Now, highlights on this report, they've shown a clear path to commercialization, right? It's a producer-based model. So they're largely based on revenue. So produce high purity zero spin silicon at a very low cost, which equals a high margin. I think what's also important to note is the project is funded into 2023. So the funding is about 8 million in total, which has actually supported 3 million by the federal government. So that's good. The government is backing it, is involved. Yeah. Now, we've got really high conviction on this stock, but it's actually already exceeded our 12 month price target, which is $3.40. So take a profit, yeah? Yes, we have been taking profits for our clients because they've made over 100% initial capital out. The bullish price target is $4.30. I will take profits around then. <laughs> You're going to hang on until that moment. <laughs> I'm going to hang on. 
I'm hanging on for the ride. I've been in for a while. My cost base was 24 cents, remember, people. So so take a profit when you can, right? I've been in since 2019. It just shows that I'm a long-term holder. Well, on that high, we're going to take a quick short break to hear from our sponsors. And while we do that, we're just going to quickly hit refresh on our Autopad tracking numbers here in case the market's going to be positive to us so we can get some more upside in the short term. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we are back. So, Candice, it seems the market hasn't worked in our favour for your next stock just yet. No, it hasn't. In that short ad break, we are still unfortunately down 66% in my next company, which I pitched, which is Australian Potash, which is APC on the Aussie stock market. That's the code. So that's been the worst performing stock that I've added to the Autopad, which I pitched back in November 2021. Little did we know perhaps back then, Felicity, that was perhaps the peak of the market before, you know, inflation concerns really came through and recessionary talks became the headline uh, in the beginning. Oh, it definitely was. Our portfolios were looking great then. (laughs) So, however, though, I'm not full negative on this stock. I actually still really like the thematic, the business, the projects have been positive upgrades and announcements, which have been really that the brine bore flow modelling in their Lake Wells sulphate project is actually really on track now and looking really impressive in terms of it will be a higher increased brine grade, which is good compared to the last upgrade they gave us, which was modelled back in April 2021. Secondly, it also implies that they will have a longer life of mine operation, which is great. And if you read through the report and dissect it all, it's going to have lower initial capital costs as well. So longer sustaining capital costs over the long term. If you think about the whole potash thematic, right, the reason why I still really like it is because you've got this main issue at the moment going on, which is potash supply remains a concern for crop producers globally, especially now with what's been going on with the Russia-Ukraine war. 
If you pull back the European crisis, Russia and Belarus normally are responsible for the global potash market of 35 to 40% of the supply. Hence, there's a view emerging in the industry, which I'm looking at, that in the long run, prices will, you know, kind of re-rate to be around the US 650 per tonne, driven by an increase in the price long term, um, you know, globalization, stuff like that, and increased energy costs, which is really topical today with inflation. So while the stock's currently down, I'm still holding on. Valuations, you know, they've obviously downgraded because of what's been going on. Last traded price, sad to say, 3.8 cents. Which they recently did the rights issue, right, at 3.8 cents. So that was a good time to top up. Yeah, market will re-rate to that valuation, right, that that's been set by the floor. We're still holding on a price target of 21 cents. So still really like the business long-term. I've got a lot of long-term stocks here, seven plus years. Well, I mean, that's investing, right? It's long-term investing. We're not traders. Correct. Um, Now, my worst, well, this was a bad week for us. So it was Blackstone Minerals down 66.67%, also fallen off the perch, similar to APC for now. I'm still really liking the story though and the outlook. So Blackstone is a battery metals development company focused on the Asian market, right? They're proposing a restart of the open pit mine um, with greater upstream processing and new extensive downstream processing to produce a battery precursor product from hydro power. Now, what's really good about Blackstone is they've already got really good relationships with some of the biggest players in the battery metals space. So Vietnam is located close to China, South Korea and Japan. So it's really in the heart of Asia's rapidly expanding lithium-ion battery hub. You've got names like S-Key Innovation, EcoPro, Samsung, LG and Panasonic. You know, these are huge globally relevant cathode and battery manufacturers with their headquarters in this region. A few highlights is that they're really going to be continuing what they're doing, the process of the design pilot of the respective upstream and downstream. In our view, this really ensures the company is well placed to reach a final joint venture structure and investment contribution for the project's development by the end of 2022. So we've actually only got, you know, a few months left. In this update though, we have unfortunately reduced our price target from $1.50 to $0.80. Um, This is incorporating the US $400 of equity raises in CY23 that are more dilutionary than we previously modelled. Again, this is one that's going to need a little bit of a top up, a bit of dollar cost averaging. But if you like the battery tech lithium space, this is one to hold in the micro cap, small cap space. Exactly right. So yeah, that's that's the important, I guess, important to note, Felicity, right, is small cap, particularly resource companies like uh, Blackstone and APC that we just pitched on that previous order pad. They are very volatile. So you've got to, you've got to really know the business, understand the thematic and be comfortable with that level of risk and volatility for the long term. So, you know, it comes back to your preference, right? That's it. Now, next, we we went global. So we added CrowdStrike, another cybersecurity tech name to the order pad, and also PayPal was the one that I was pitching. Um, now, that position's actually down 48%, almost 50%, because man, oh man, really has it been a tough year for large cap tech payment businesses over the last several months. Year-to-date PayPal share prices come off nearly 52%. And if you look at the sector more broadly, the payment peer group is down 45% from 2021 highs. But more recently, what we're seeing is that these names are actually kind of slowly recovering from their lows 
up 30%. So it could be the signal for the turnaround for this sector to come. Reasons why it's, uh, you know, the big elephant in the room is obviously interest rate pressures on valuations for this sector is really hurting them. And it's going to persist. You know, this is not, this is the big question. How long and deep will the recession be? How much will it impact on consumer spending? Um, But Overall, if you go through the weeds um, and the, the, this is a really large sector, I'm still really liking PayPal because it's the number one player in my opinion. And recent reports worth noting since I pitched it was, you know, revenue is strong, net revenue of $6.8 billion, yes, billion, up 10% in growth, even in this market. Active accounts. So double digits, that's good. Yeah. Active accounts, which is how they live and die, these platforms, that's up also 6%. eBay's growing. Balance sheet looks good. Operating cash flow growth of 12%. Free cash flow of $1.3 billion. And, and, and this is what every tech business needs to be saying. The company has been flagging in 2023 that shareholders will be rewarded uh, by $900 million in cost savings. That results long-term in FY23 of about $1.3 billion in cost saving, which is going to just basically filter down to the bottom line and help with margins. So hence why I'm seeing that as a positive and I want to hold on to this one. In terms of valuations, just very briefly, UBS covers this one. 136 is their price target. Previously was 143, so downgrade that makes sense because of the market conditions consensus sitting around 118 valuation but the last traded price was 92 dollars us per share so again i'm another buyer yeah buy and hold because we are long-term investors now my final pick for today is actually CrowdStrike. Now, this has held up really well. Um, It's only down about 10%. So CrowdStrike is CRWD on the NASDAQ. Now, they're actually going to report tonight, which is Tuesday the 30th of August. So we can only really go by what we know now. I'll actually be able to update you a little bit better next week. But briefly, CrowdStrike really started the FY23 with a 5% revenue beat, so a beat is a beat, and a 2% increase to its full year revenue guidance as it talked to a record pipeline, durable budgets and growing interest in its ever-broadening portfolio. I mean, like its larger cybersecurity peers, CrowdStrike really argues that the industry fundamentals are strong, stronger than they've ever been. In addition, we see a market-leading position, a high degree of revenue visibility, strong balance sheet and cash flow generation as attributes that can really help CrowdStrike succeed in the current macro environment because cybersecurity is still a growing issue even with the macroeconomic fears and everything that's going on. Additionally, they've got 22 modules across various security and IT operation domains. And I think CrowdStrike is really uniquely positioned to help customers look to bolstering cyber defences while making do with fewer resources. So I think what's really important to note is that CrowdStrike is actually leveraging this position. Whilst other big tech firms are actually trimming and cutting, they're actually aggressively investing and hiring, which is really, really nice to see. So I think that CrowdStrike is still one of the best, if not the best cybersecurity asset in the current environment. And so UBS has a 12-month price target of 240, which isn't that much upside from where it's trading now. However, consensus price target is about 310, so significant upside there. I am a buy more of this and hold if you want a quality large cap cybersecurity business.
So that is a wrap, guys, on the first 10 of the full 20 in the order pad for our special happy birthday one year anniversary order pad we're bringing to you today. Now, uh, overall, I guess, big number we want to throw away is 2% overall up. We'll see if that number improves next week when we deliver the second 10 of 20. Chuck the winners in there, Silex and BHP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in the middle to keep you interested. <laughs> and there are, I guess, the big thing, the big themes that um, we keep coming back to is you know, you need to be comfortable with the risk allocation and the, the businesses that you do pick in your equity portfolio. Felicity and I are long-term investors. So, you know, while it hurts being in the red, this is where you come back to the original reasons why you bought those companies. So I suggest if this is the first time you're listening to our um, episode today, maybe go back to any of the companies that you found interesting in that wrap we just did to listen to the reasons why we, you know, added them to the order pad a year ago. That's it. And I think it's a good uh, thing to note. Like I bought Silex in 2019. I've held it for four years already. Now my return is 1300%, which is fantastic, but you only get these great returns when you buy and hold long-term in the right businesses. Now, before we sign off, please remember, although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shore and Partners, obviously today we've spoken a lot about the companies and gave you updates, but do not consider this as personal financial advice, nor is our show considered a uh, financial product. As always, if you want to make any of your own investment decisions, go out and seek professional advice before you do so. We have created these Autopad episodes for a bit of fun and to hopefully give you some learnings and education on the markets and stocks along the way. That's it. All Always do your own research, but feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email, which is tmtm at equitymates.com. And again, make sure you follow us on at Talk Money to Me podcast for daily market updates. Hersha is back. So this will be back on. Until next time. See you then. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the corporation. Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.